welcome to the Tea Hut, the podcast for unorthodox entrepreneurs striving for success by going against the grain, breaking down barriers beyond the biscuit tin, revealing what property professionals and construction workers really talk about on their tea breaks. Join us as we delve deep to uncover what it takes to succeed and be the best version of yourself. Welcome to the Tea Hut podcast, the unorthodox entrepreneurs podcast, where we like to break down the barriers that go beyond the biscuit tin. We like to unravel on the Tea Hut what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur, business owner, or what it takes to get through hard times and survive those darkest times, you know, anything like that. First of all, big up to eGrowth Media and JT for supporting and sponsoring the Tea Hut and producing all of the videos, the media. If you want lead generation for your business, social media management or anything like that, just give JT a call and eGrowth Media. And today on the podcast, we have Jez. I don't know your second name, Jez. Wood. Jez Wood. Yeah, I do know because it's on my contacts on my phone. But Jez Wood. So Jez, if you would like to just give us a brief intro, mate. Tell us about yourself, uh, what you do your background, what you do for, for a job, and why you know, you're know you sat here with me today. Please, mate. Great. Well, thank you uh, for inviting me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to make the trip up to East Anglia. No problem. So, yes, I am Jez. I live in uh, London currently. I am the one of the founders and directors of um, Cove Property. So we're a property investment company. So I've been working in property for um, three and a half years, um, have our own portfolio um, based in the Northeast. And we, yeah, we help investors to invest in property uh, and cover all of the sort of end-to-end services for them. Um, prior to that, uh, I had a bit of a mixed background. I was in hospitality for a while, um, run a couple of businesses in hospitality. I had my own business as well, catering business. And before that, I worked in um, charity and corporate sector, um, working with people like Deloitte, Deutsche Bank, Bank of America. Um, managing contracts um but i've always been very much sort of into and and passionate about business and mm. entrepreneurship did a mm. business degree and i think that's the sort of running thread throughout my kind of career even though you know i've done quite a lot of different things yeah and i suppose why am i sitting here with you i mean i'm interested in starting my own podcast um, in the future and, uh, you know, focused on business and, and sort of around business failure. And, and that's kind of how we connected, um, you know, in a podcast community and yeah, I'm just uh, really fascinated by, I suppose, people's stories. Yeah. 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 Um, and where they've come from and what they've gone through in their business to to, to get to where they, where they are and, their, you know, their success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, man. Before we get too much further into it, I have, I did forget to ask you, but I normally ask people to bring in their favourite biscuit, right? So I bought, because I knew I forgot to ask you, I thought, fuck, I'm going to go to the shop this morning and I'll get a pack of my favourite ones or, or see what they've got and pick my favourite out of the shelf. So I did that this morning, right? What is your favourite biscuit, mate? If you had to, if you got a top three or what are they? I would actually say um, I'd go classic, really, oh, and simple. Yeah. Just chocolate digestive. Yeah, it's a staple, isn't it? You Especially with a tea. You can't go wrong with a chocolate digestive, can you? I also quite like a chocolate hobnob. Yeah, they're, they're high up in the rankings as well. They, really, they get bought know. in here often. It's like <laughs> if you've got a tradesperson coming in, they usually bring a chocolate hobnob because they're, 
They're robust, didn't they? they? Yeah, they're great. Dunk them a couple of times. They don't go floppy like a rich tea. Exactly. End up with a beer mat. I bought these in today. If people can't see what I bought in, right? They are. I don't know if you like these, but they're... You've gone high-end here. Yeah, I have gone high-end, <laughs> mate. I have. Yeah, The Foxes, half-coated uh, chocolate cookies. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have one here, and I'm going to pass them over to you so you can have one, mate. Thank you. Go on. I'll uh, tell you what is also good, and it's kind of like, it's probably a bit off the radar. Go on. But you know, you, I don't know what they're actually called. I think they're called malted biscuits, right? They're cow, you know, the ones, with the, milks. The ones with the cows on, right? Mm. The chocolate versions of those mm. are so good. They are very nice. Love malted milk. But they probably wouldn't come up, uh, you know, very much on, a, on the league table of biscuits. Well, they wouldn't, but again, they're a staple. I'd always see them in my nan's cupboard. <laughs> always. So. Right. Right, that was a good one. I like that. Um a standard chocolate digestive chocolate hobnobs. Basically all chocolate and you know So you're a chocolatey man, do you like I'm them? not a massive cho- I'm, I I like chocolate. I think it's just that combination of Got a sweet tooth? No, not really. No? No, I'm more of a savoury man. Mm. Um but I I kinda like that uh sweet savoury thing that you get. You know, with all of the ones I've just described, there's yeah, a, there's yeah. a bit, of, bit of a mixture. Do you like sweet and salty popcorn? I do, actually. I do. I know. It's the, be- the only way to go It's now. banging, isn't it? Like, yeah, that's revolutionary. I really like that. I love it. So let's roll it back, mate. So you said before you got into property, worked in worked in banks, um, always been into business. Where did that start for you? I mean, where did that uh, realisation of that, you know, entrepreneurship come in? When did you realise that, yeah, you know, I've, I, I, I like business. You know what I mean? It's always something you've liked. Uh, what, what was mm. what was school like for you? Do you know what I mean? Where where mm. did that come mm. from? Mm. Have you had something that's led you to be, you know, had to have that business head on your shoulders? It's interesting because I'm not really sure where it came from specifically. I remember as a kid always having you know, kind of creative ideas or or kind of projects. Yeah. Um. You know, I. I remember, uh, you know, wanting to, I don't know, create when I was, I don't know, I don't know how old I was, maybe 14, wanting to create a, like a football magazine because I was really into football at the time. Yeah. And then I also, at that point in time, also wanted to, um, I was trying to build with my, with the help of my dad, build a, a, a football um, computer game. Okay. And code it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Even though I couldn't code. Um, <laughs> giving it a go, then, though. That's the uh, thing. That's the thing, though. You were giving it a go. Exactly. And I remember one summer as well, I I think I was probably a bit bored, some holidays, but also trying to earn some money. And I yeah. remember like trying to, I think I started to help my mum do some jobs, but then I would, you know, she'd said, oh, I'll pay you if you go and cut the grass or whatever, you know. But then I was thinking, oh, maybe I could do this for other people. Maybe I do this for, for the neighbours as well. So mm. I think I tried to not, you know, knock on some neighbours' gardens. I think I did end up washing some cars and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say, I used to go around with a bucket and a sponge. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's and it's obviously really primitive mm. entrepreneurship, but there's, yeah, but that, al- there's always the, that, that sort of ticking. Yeah. Um, Hang on a minute. If I just do this more, I can get money. Yeah. And it? it's that thing in your head, especially and as a kid. Exactly. I'll tell you the other thing that I used to do, uh, which was, was probably quite cruel. <laughs> I basically used to, before eBay, I used to, you know, if I had some, I don't know, like, I, I remember with a hamster cage and a, um, I don't know, a CD player that I had, I think I wanted to upgrade or got bored of those things, so I then sold it to my sister. Did you? <laughs> That's like a second-hand market. Yeah, why you know? not? 
Why not? They didn't have eBay, so I was like, well, she wants them. She wants a hamster. Yeah. I was probably like 13, 14. Yeah, yeah. Why not? You just move it on. I don't know if I made a profit on those. <laughs> yeah, well, if you got what you wanted out of it, I guess maybe. Um, so what was family life like for you, mate? Where you got, like I mentioned you got a sister. Is it just you and a sister? You yeah, got... it's just us two, yeah. Yeah? yeah. What about your mum and dad? So my my mum, um, she's from a teaching background. So yeah. that, that's why I was thinking when you asked about where businesses come from, I've got, I think I've probably got two sides to my family in, in some ways, which is quite interesting. I've got my mum's side, which is very much sort of old school, professional career focused. Yeah. Um, a set of, predominantly a set of teachers. Yeah. My grandparents were teachers. Then on my dad's side, that family is kind of quite entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurial yeah um like my dad was actually a, a builder so he had his own um sm- very small um nothing compared to you but like small building company yeah, yeah. um w- with his brothers basically yeah, yeah so that possibly might have been where some of the entrepreneurial sort of spirit came from that yeah. you know he was a person kind of doing it yeah yeah um you've seen him do it it's like, but well, even though he wasn't I don't know how profitable the business was at all, but he was certainly, you know, working for himself. Yeah, yeah. So you could see it was possible and you could see that was kind of acceptable. So I, I wonder if there was a little bit of influence from from that because, as I said, it's very contrasting to my mum's side, which is, you know, pretty much sort of professional career, staying it your whole life. Um, but yeah, my family um, background is, it wasn't, great if i'm honest uh in terms of in terms of the setup because my parents divorced fairly when i was fairly young uh sort of six or seven and it was a fairly uh, messy messy acrimonious um divorce which which went on for a long time really and kind of affected everyone involved yeah, as, so, they, as they would, I guess. Are you, are you still close to both parents? Yeah, my dad passed away um, uh, 2009. So, um, so yeah, that that's um, that's uh, the kind of. How old are you? I'm 40 now. Fucking, you don't look 40. It's 40 two weeks ago. Shit, you're older than me. Ah, <laughs> uh, so how old were you when your dad passed? You're 20. 25. 25. So pretty, pretty young. Yeah, I was 18. My dad died. I was eighteen. How did he die? Cancer. Yeah. Really, really sudden. Really. It was. It was. He had basically been complaining about uh, having some some pain, um, and quite severe pain for a month or two. And bless him, he didn't like hospitals or he didn't yeah. like doctors. They didn't go to a doctor, even though he was going to a doctor quite a lot at that point because he had severe arthritis and uh he was complaining about the pain and was taking paracetamol for it which is nuts right yeah 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 <laughs> in hindsight it's yeah, nuts yeah and uh it kept getting worse and then i remember that christmas that we spent together he basically couldn't walk he really? was he just sat in a chair so we had to do everything and uh i actually remember having a conversation with him like in deep into the night that we had had a few drinks and I and I was sort of talking to him about how he was feeling and he was just like you know I'm in pretty bad pain it's quite quite worrying yeah. and I said oh what do you think's wrong and he said uh I think I've got cancer and he'd kind of I think he he was very uh 
kind of research led. So I think he'd probably done a lot of reading on the internet, which is always dangerous. It is, but, but um, to self medicate. But yeah, essentially he was right. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, at the time I was kind of I didn't necessarily take that too seriously. It was more like, well, you should go to the doctor, like ASAP. Yeah, you can't just self diagnose. And then basically, I think about two weeks later. Uh, long story, but he he went. He basically went into hospital, didn't, and then essentially died about two weeks later. Really? So it's really really short turnaround. Yeah. From going to hospital to um to passing away. Coming out. Yeah. 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 I, I sort of I sort of relate to that. I mean, I was eighteen when my dad passed away. Uh, totally unexpected. Um, I found him dead in his flat. Actually, uh, I was. He had diabetes and uh, he was fit as a fiddle though. Like if you looked at him, he was he was literally like um, six pack, fit right. guy. Um, you know, worked out, worked till every day. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, but he was he was proud. Never went to the doctors mm. because he didn't want to like, you know. What do you think that is? It's a male thing as well. Definitely a male. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, hundred percent. I'm still thing. like it a little bit now. Yeah, I am, mate. I, what, I am. what is it? I don't know. I just, and I wouldn't say it's like. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I went to the doctors like. After a few years of getting, you know, suffering quite badly with my, my fucking, my, my stomach, you know, going to the toilet, weren't comfortable, and I put it off for years, and it was only like a couple of years ago I actually went, because I thought, this ain't right, and it turned out to be nothing, yeah, but I went because it actually got to the point where I was like, well, I'm a bit scared about this, mm. <laughs> do you know what I mean, I was mm. genuinely like, fucking hell, you know, I've, I've done a few things in the past, like drugs, and, you know, when I was younger, uh, abused my body like hell, um, you know, so I'm, I'm I'm not in any surprise that I've got a few issues mm. now. Do you know what I mean? Because I did abuse myself a little bit, but that scared me. And I think, yeah, it's a male thing. Yeah, like I'm not I'm not ashamed. I'm not like embarrassed to talk about certain things. Do you get me? Like I went through a lot of mental health problems, and mm. at, at first, when I was going, like when I was in the early stages of that, when I was you know late teens, I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't like talking to anyone about mm. it. But then as I got older and realised that, uh, you know, to self-help and because, you know, the, 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 the NHS weren't, weren't necessarily able to give me the help that I needed yep. when I needed it as such or, you know, a, a few different things. And I realised that I went to a private, um, I, I paid for myself to go to a private counsellor. And that was, the, that was the first time I truly opened up about how I was feeling and how I'd felt you know, to, to, to someone who was willing to listen. Um, and it helped me like fuck. Like, was it after your dad passed? Oh, yeah, low, mate. Yeah, mm. my, my dad died in 2008. Mm. So around the same time, or just mm. a year before yours mm. did. Um, and this, I didn't actually get this private counselling. And, and I was 18 at that point when my dad died. Uh, I didn't get the private counselling until I was about 28. So, um, and I needed it. Do you know what I mean? I, mm. I'd literally, my dad died uh, and I, I, I locked the box. Do you know what I mean? Because my mm. little brother was only 13 mm. and the way that it happened, I found him, like my, I won't go into it too much, but um, me, me and my brother had had an argument that day. My mum and dad weren't together. My dad lived in his own flat. My bro, me and my brother had a little stupid argument. We were kids. Do you get mm. me? Like He run off up to my dad. I'm going to see my dad. I was like, oh, fuck off. Do you know what I mean? Um, I got up there and my ex-girlfriend lived in the flat below. And she said, oh, your brother's upstairs trying to kick your dad's door in. I was like, you what? Like, my dad would go fucking mad if he fucking catches him doing mm. that. Um, my brother was like, dad's not in, he's not answering his phone, all this, that and the other. And I was like, listen, if, if he catches you booting his door in, he's going to go mad. Like, 
He's like, no, no, something's wrong. We phoned his work. His work said he hadn't been in for three days, and we were like, hang on, something's not right here. Right. Um, so I just said, look, I'll kick the door in. If he fucking has a go at me for this, you're fucking in for it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so I did, and, and he was on the floor uh, in his bedroom. Um, he'd been there for two days, Ed. And I, I literally turned around, like, shoved my brother out of the room, so he... I don't know if he... I don't think he saw. I don't think he did. Um, but I did. Do you know what I mean? He didn't look very pretty at all. And, um, yeah, I locked the box, mate. Do you know what I mean? Because like, my brother was young, and I felt like I had to be strong for him and my mum and, like, the rest of the family and all this. I felt like I... Uh, I felt like I couldn't grieve. Do you know what I mean? And I had loads of other stuff. Ego. Do you know what I mean? I wanted to feel like I'm strong. I can handle this. Do you know what I mean? And and really, I did. I, I got through it, and I did, I rarely fucking you know broke down emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started to after a few years mm-hmm. when I got a little bit older, and like I started. Do you know what I mean? It, well, it's it, delayed grief, isn't it? Yeah, man. Like it, it come out in a yeah. in many ways, mm-hmm. and yeah, it it, it, it yeah it, it fucked me up for a few years. Yeah, I lost my way big time. Well, it's inevitable, really, isn't it? In some ways, you know, especially it's inevitable, you know, losing someone so young. Yeah. But then, secondly, as you said, locking the box, you know, that. Yeah, and not not grieving and it being tragic, tragically sudden. Mm. Yeah. And I say, I've talked to a lot of people, lost parents, friends, and uh, in unfortunate ways, all right. And when it's, when it's, I don't know, maybe different with yours because yours was quite found out your dad was really ill. It was the, really short time from realising mm. that to him actually dying. So it's probably a little bit similar to mine where you haven't mm. really got time to process no, what's going on. Do you know what I mean? But with someone who's maybe terminally ill and you've known it for a long time, yeah, you've got that time to say goodbye mm. and come to turn. I know you're never prepared for it when it happens no. because, because no matter what you do, you're never going to be prepared mm. to say goodbye to those people. But I feel like, you know, had I had that time to fucking say goodbye and say the things that I wanted to say, mm. do you know what I mean? Maybe I wouldn't have had all that guilt. Mm. I mean, I'm getting emotional with that. Mm. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Mm. And, um, yeah, I struggled with that. Uh, uh, to be honest, I think there will always be an element of guilt, whatever we say and whatever yeah, we don't I th- say. I think you're right, yeah. Because there will always be something we probably regretted or wish we had said. Yeah, Cause we, or did, you know yeah. what I mean, or didn't do. Mm. That's that's more, for me, what I didn't do more than what I didn't say or do. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah, help, speaking to people really helped. Mm. You know, when I, when I got to that stage where I was like, I, I was done with the, um, the, the internal combustion and destroying myself. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Do you know what I mean? All I'm doing is like, I'm just re- wasting my own life by just, being like this all the time. Do you know what I mean? I was a mess. I was like, I struggled with it. I mean, how did you find it at 25 when you lost your dad? How did you cope? How did it affect you? I mean, I, I, you know, I think like what you said, it doesn't hit you straight away. I remember, uh, I, you know, I still remember the funeral yeah. very, very well. Yeah. And I was numb for the whole day didn't show any emotion was you know that classic sort of laughing at the, mate i was laughing at my dad's wake right do you know what i mean yeah. i was laughing and going mm. and going on like it was a like it was normal mm. i remember it 
Yeah, and my, you know, understandably, my sister was in pieces. And I think it was probably the fact that I felt I had to, you know, hold it hold together, together. For, there, for her sake. And, uh, you know, and I did a eulogy and stuff and, yeah, I did. Uh, you know, and which was hard. But again, it was. To know, I, I think it's I just felt that I needed to be strong that day. Yeah, and, I can totally relate to that. And, um, you know, some of my, you know, some of my good friends were uh, came along just to support, yeah, actually, which was amazing. Yeah. And. I just remember getting a little bit pissed and um and yeah as i said feeling kind of numb for the whole day not showing really any emotion didn't cry once yeah and and then i think i went to work back to work quite soon because i I just wanted to probably bury your head yeah i think so i think i think that's what it was um just start getting on with things. Did, did you though? Were you able to? Did you? Yeah, I think I, uh, similar to what you said. I think I just pushed it away back to be into the back of your mind. Yeah, just yeah. got on with life. And just got because that's kind of what I'm like. I just sort yeah, of, same. you know, and I think that's partly because of you know the background of having um, divorced parents and going and 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 what they and what they went through. And then you know, having just to get on with stuff and be fact, be it's, strong. It's a coping and, mechanism, isn't it? Yes, exactly. And being strong and stoic was kind of what I was used to doing because yeah. you know I'm show the, no emotion. I'm the older one, and and just exactly you know, that as well. And you're the older one, and that's how I felt with my. Mm. What's the age difference between you and your sister? Um, three years. Yeah, so mine and my brother's five, so similar. Um, and I yeah, I, I felt like I had to be that role model. Yep. And if I showed, like, I was weak and I was cracking up, like, what the fuck? Like, he's just lost his dad. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like, as have I, but I felt like as an 18-year-old, 19-year-old lad at the time, I had a bit more of a head on my shoulders mm. than my 13-year-old brother did. Mm. Um, and I, I sort of took that responsibility on. You say that was the same with you and your sister, how, and how you felt? Did, did, did you yeah, feel, I think did you so. you feel like you had to look after her a bit more? Then? Yeah, I did, because, uh, you know, she was at uni at the time, you know, I think her final year. I'd finished, um, you know, I was sort of a couple of years into, you know, my sort of full-time professional career. Yeah. So she was at a sort of key point in, in, you know, her life and obviously, you know, failing your, the potential of failing your, your final year at uni is, you know, the consequences for that and the sort of time wasted are pretty sort of strong and the the risk of that is probably quite high. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, I just had to, uh, yeah, hold, hold that together. And um, yeah, has it affected I, you later on? I mean, like like you said, you you like a bit like me, where you put it to the back of your head, cracked on, got your head down, and just got on with your own life. It has it has it come out in another way since then? Have you would you say you've grieved properly? Um, I, honestly, I I, I I probably I probably have to um to an extent i I don't think i i think losing a parent especially like that the grief cycle is probably really long you know and there's not a a, probably a day that goes by that i don't think about him you know and often he's in my dreams a lot yeah 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 um he was actually in my dream last night really i can't remember what it was about but he was there yeah and 
So it's just always, I suppose, front of front well, of mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you never get over it. You do never you? really get over it. But you know, I've what I did in that first twelve months. I can't remember when I started. Actually started by I, I had some counselling on it, on like grieving uh, grieving counselling on the yeah. NHS. Yeah. Um, which was which was helpful. Yeah. It was the first time I'd ever done been anything been like in that. that. Environment. So, um, yeah, that was. That was helpful. It was quite short, yeah. and you know, it was only like six sessions, which is not really anything. Yeah, I only had seven when I paid mm. to go. Mm. Those years later, I only had mm. a handful of sessions, mm. six or seven. Mm. But you know what? I suppose in the preceding years, did I did I really grieve properly or get over it, or was it a case of just you know cracking on with life? Yeah, uh, maybe that's maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Um, I think that is a, there's a bit of truth in that because I still get, you know, I still sit there sometimes thinking, oh, fuck. Do you know what I mean? What if, what if he hadn't have gone? What if he was still here? And I, I, do, I do still get emotional about it. And, you know, I've got over it. You know, I've, I've got over what I've been through. It doesn't, um, it doesn't make me want to end my life anymore. That I'm so depressed because I did get to that point. It wasn't just my dad dying that did that to me. Mm-hmm. I think that um, the things I was doing to myself after my dad dying was the real reason why I was feeling like that. Mm. You get me? Like I was mm. quite bad on, I was on cocaine for right. is mm. uh, quite badly as well. Drinking, that sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? And really, if I'm looking back with a, with a grown head on my shoulders, that, that was probably the real reason that was holding me down mentally because I just, I was unable to hold myself together because I was just fucking off the wall all the time. Do you know what I mean? And do you think you were off the wall because you were trying to avoid the pain? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I was, I was just my way of coping with it. Yeah, yeah. Life in the fast lane. Um, you know, I was doing a lot of other stuff. I was into my music, a uh, bit of an MC and rapper and all that sort of stuff. So I was really wrapped up in all that. Mm. And I was so focused on that, you know, and um, not much else mm. at that time uh, when I was 18, 19. And yeah, I was... <sighs> Yeah, I, it was a painful time. I mean, one of my one of my friends, it was about two years. I'm, okay, so my stepdad, he was my stepdad. Right? I'll be technical about it if I want to be, um, because I have to be, because I'm going to explain this next bit. And then two years after that, I'd found him dead. Uh, two years after that, my real dad, my biological father died, who I had no real relationship with. He left when I was two. Right. Uh, I met him when I was 15 a few times, about right. five or six times. Didn't really have a connection. Uh, but we knew each other sort of thing. Um, and, yeah, he died two years after my stepdad died of a... And he, my, father, my real dad died of a heroin overdose. Um, again, we didn't really have a connection. Mm. And I, I weren't really emotional about it mm. at all. Mm. I didn't even go to his funeral. Wow. So, and I don't get emotional about that now. You can probably tell I've, I've not, like... But yeah. that, it had an effect. Do you know what I mean? Like Because there's still... There was a lot of things... That I'll never get to say to him either. That I wish now I'm older. I probably I wish I could have that chance just to have a conversation, just about a few things. Just do you know what I mean? Get some clarity, mm. you know. Uh, and then around that time, one of my best friends hung himself and killed himself as well. Wow. So it was like fucking hell. I was like surrounded by death, mm. like for mm. in that in that like two or three years. That really did drag me down. And quite sudden, tragic yeah. stuff as well. Yeah, it weren't all like, you know, where you get, like I said earlier, having that opportunity to, 
you know, if you know someone's dying, you know, and that's and you got someone around you that's ill, all I'd say is just fucking make the most of them. Do you know 100%. what I mean? If anyone's out there listening and they've got someone in their family who's ill, they don't see them enough, feel that guilt, then make the effort. That's what I'd say because there's a lot of things that I wish I'd have made the effort. Do you get me? Were you close to your dad when he died? I was close. I, I think I was... And we were talking about kind of guilt and regret earlier and I think, you know, I definitely probably regretted not spending more time with him. Yeah. But I imagine that's probably the case for anyone. Yeah, of course it would be. Uh, however much time you spend, you would always probably want more yeah. once they're gone. Yeah, yeah. So we weren't emotionally close because right. he wasn't really an emotional person. Okay. But we were close as in we were, you know, we got on. Yeah, yeah. We had some shared interests yeah you went and see him you used to oh, make, make you, time for him make, and, and yeah we used i enjoyed i really enjoyed his company yeah and having a drink with him and um it's he, those little things you, yeah you he was he was really into food he's really into music and um into football and all of those so there was lots of crossover in our yeah, interests yeah, so yeah, yeah. he was uh, in, a, a good and, father-son relationship yeah isn't it but, any... but just without the some of the emotional side around you know I I don't remember us ever saying to each other Love how you. we felt yeah how we felt about each really? other really do you do you wish you had like sitting here now do you yeah no absolutely and yeah. I, I I told him Did when you? but when he was essentially lying with tubes you know in him but I think he heard it, you know, he Did was, he? Uh, um, it, must, but, it must be, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I share that. Never, never said it to my, my old man either. Really, really have that relationship. You know, he was quite, a, you know, old school Londoner, exactly. you know, stiff upper lip. He was a bit of a you know, Jack the lad. He weren't that sort of guy. No. You know what I mean? Exactly. And again, it's a, it's a male thing. Yeah. 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 It's a, you know, you've got a, you know, when I I was you know twenty five at the time. Have you got kids? No, no. I, I was twenty five at the time. Obviously, he wasn't emotional with me, yeah. and obviously that was the way that he brought brought us up. So I was just kind of used to that dynamic. Yeah. And you know, I haven't obviously got the, I didn't have the wisdom that you know obviously yeah, yeah. I have now, yeah, uh, yeah. and it's. It it just didn't. It felt. It felt kind of normal. It, yeah. it didn't. It was, I what I didn't question it. Well, you yeah. What you've never had, you never miss, mm. isn't it? I think. What you don't know, you don't know. And yeah, it's, exactly. It, you know. But like, it's, it now you've obviously sat here and got older and realised that yeah, maybe I did miss that emotional connection. You know, it must that must be quite. Well, I know it's been hard for me. To sit there and think about it sometimes. Do you are you you got kids? You got any visions of having kids? Are you in a relationship yourself? Yeah. I I am um coming up to two years now yeah and yeah we we are looking to um have kids Brian Brian yes yeah I wasn't sure this was public knowledge <laughs> <laughs> not many really people 
people know about this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't worry, you've got a couple of months for this to go out yet, so it might not get dropped until you've hopefully might have had a bit of good news, right? Um, eh? But you want to be a dad. Yeah, you want, yeah, you and, want kids. And, and, and do you know what? Yes, I do. Yeah. But I don't know if it's related to everything we've been talking about and, you know, and my kind of upbringing. It's taken me a long time to admit that. You want kids? Yeah. Really? And it's taken me a long time to... Do you think that's a, like maybe connected to the emotional connection that you lack from your parents? And it's like you never got that. So why would you feel like you want to give, have a kid and do that thing? Do you know what I mean? I think that could be related. Uh, possibly, yeah. I'm just digging into it. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I think there's something there. I, I you know, I've... Um, or were you just, just focused? Or were you just focused I, I on... Think, you- yeah, I think there's a there's probably two. I think there's probably something to do with the the kind of background, but yeah. there's also something something to do with. Um, I have a fear of loss of freedom. Yeah, and obviously kids are mate. They're a fucking tie. They they yeah, <laughs> and 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 I just you know I'm I'm kind of I know I'm pretty ambitious and driven. Yeah, and I'm like, well, how am I going to do all this stuff that I want to do? if i've got kids so i think some yeah. of that has been you know i've kind of probably put, put it that off, off, put it for, off. For, but now it's kind of you know it's now or never it's man. kind of well I'm, I'm 40 so i'm getting yeah. on yeah yeah um and you know obviously i'm with someone that wants kids as well yeah so there is a sort of i suppose a time limit to an extent yeah um but it's interesting because my my dad had kids late as well he he you know he had I think he was 37 or 38. So there's some parallels there, which yeah. is, I always find intriguing. What, but, was, what was his, do you know much about what his parents were like? Well, he came from um Catholic family and there was 13. He had, it was, he was one of 13. Yeah. Big fan. So he probably had the similar sort of upbringing to how he, so I don't, of, yeah, I don't know much about his upbringing per se, yeah. other than the fact that, that's a big family. It don't, it's a big family, and the, the he he wouldn't have got all the attention that a kid no. would have needed being one of thirteen, would no. he? Really? Do you know what I mean? And maybe that was just his way. You know, when you bringing you up, I'm not saying he was a bad dad, but no. what I'm saying is like you know, you are a product of what environment. Absolutely, you're brought up a certain way. The chances are you're going to yep. raise your own children in that way, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? And I know from from anecdotal stories from you know my family that. It's basically the older sisters who brought up the younger yeah, yeah. Um, kids. Yeah. Which was probably quite common with yeah, larger yeah. families. Yeah. So does that, I don't know, obviously they, they're taking over the, the, the sort of role of the parent. But yeah. Does that mean you still get the, the, mother, you know, the, the, the motherly you, love? Yeah, because you need the, you know, biologically no, and, and psychologically, you need the, the, the parental sort of the love skin and on skin, mate. Do you know mm. what I mean? When you, mm. when you have your own child mm. you, you'll you'll know because i i thought i was like what but i know what that's all about like mm. having your your kids on your chest when they're babies and creating that bond with them and do you know mm. what i mean there is something mm. behind that for sure mm. for sure hence why you know probably a lot of people that go through the care system and don't have their real parents around have that emotional detachment that you've just spoken about mm. because they've never had that mm. you know how can you give something that you've never had yeah, you can learn mm. how to be, you know, how to get in touch with emotions and things like that. But how can you give something you've never had? You know? Mm. It's true. Like, that's what I think anyway. Mm. 
So, yeah, but you know, it's nice to you know you've said that you it took you that long and you've admitted that to yourself that you want mm. kids. I mean, when you say you've never admitted it to yourself, did you literally just used to say to yourself, oh, "I don't want kids"? For a while, yeah, yeah. For for or I was, I think, I think I was always, and still, and you know, probably in, up until last few years have been fairly ambivalent about it yeah but i think earlier you know in my sort of 20s and probably early 30s to an extent i was probably kind of like mm, i was probably on you know on the spectrum probably more towards the no than to the yes yeah why was that then well did, did I, you have I certain think, ambitions with what you wanted to do with you? i think it was it's probably a lot of things it's it's certainly what i was saying it's like I don't feel like I've got enough time to do all the things that I want to do and be a, and, and be a, and you know and be a father and obviously being a parent completely changes the dynamic of everything that you that you do. Yeah man. So there's definitely a lot of that. I think also some of it was and I still have this to an extent was kind of like this world is obviously has some challenges yeah. and you know thinking about things like climate change for example and i was sort of like well if i have a child now what the hell are they going to be growing what sort of world are they going to be growing yeah, up yeah, with yeah. in 20 30 years time yeah like, do i want to bring a well a, a child into that environment is that is it a bit selfish to you know to want to to do that mm. um so that was that was also on on my mind um so I've always been, yeah. There, there's, there's just been an ambivalence to it, um, if I'm, if I'm really honest. And I think, yeah, I, I think some of it is back to what we were talking about, uh, you know, about my kind of upbringing. And you know, I've been working on myself a lot um, over the last. Well, th I've, I've been having um, therapy. I've got a therapist for the last three years. Really, and why? Because I felt that in order to develop as a person and develop as a, a business person, be a better leader, be a better partner, be a better friend, I needed to start working on myself, understanding myself more. Yeah. Obviously, with all of that background that I mentioned, um, I felt that the only way that I could keep improving, keep getting better in all those spheres was to start understanding myself more through therapy. Yeah, I get that. And, and do you know what? One of the, and credit to him, one of the biggest influences on that, or I suppose the person that, whose influence really um, probably pushed me to actually make, to, to actually say yes and make the final decision, because I was always sort of thinking about it for probably a, a, at least six months was Rob Moore from, you know, Progressive. Okay. Because he had therapy. Yeah. Um, and he was documenting it in it um, on his you know, socials. And he said that he had learned more in, in therapy about himself yeah. in a sort of month of therapy than he had spending £1 million on, on, on development and courses and training himself. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, I want some of that. Yeah. And I'm really... Um, really passionate about sort of mental health and how it is um 
seen, still seen as a. Stigma. It's obviously still. It's getting. You know, compared to like ten, 10 years, years ago, ten. It's obviously, you know, it's it's massively getting better. Yeah. But even telling you right now that I'm, you know, having having therapy or have a, have a therapist, I in the back of my mind are going, what? Are you well, doing? what well, firstly, but also, what are people going to think? Yeah, man, I, I left. I stopped giving a fuck what people think. Mm. A mm. long time mm. ago, especially about things like that. Mm. I started my own mental health support group uh, about seven years ago in Lowestoft mm. because at, that was the time when I got my therapist, yeah, mm. and I realised that I'd started this mental health group just before that and I actually found it overwhelming, uh, humbling as well because there was a mm. lot of people coming through the doors with mm. serious, mm. serious mental health problems. Mm. I won't go into it, but you can have uh, serious, yeah, serious yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, you know, really high levels of self-harm and all that stuff. Right. And it, it humbled me to the point where I was like, fuck me. Like, my mental health problems ain't nothing compared to some of these yeah. people. Um, and then that pushed me on to then go and seek therapy, the private therapy. And I did that for like two or three months. And that was the turning point. I, I realized that, you know, my problems are minuscule compared mm. to many, many, many others. And that helped me. You mm. know what I mean? But, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't, you know, seek support yourself. And oh and, no, and, definitely. You know. But that's why I did. That's why I went to. I realized that when I was going through, I set this group up, and it went from having five people a week uh, in six months. We had like forty, fifty people a week wow. coming to this meeting, all over from all over town. So I knew it was a thing that the community needed, mm. right? So, but I got so overwhelmed by it because everyone saw me as the 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 you know the, the beacon of light. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was like, you know, mm. I'm quite confident. Mm. Uh, and even though I am co- quite confident and outspoken mm. and loud and all this, I suffer as well. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, a lot of the, not all the time, but a lot of the time I, I put a front on. Mm. Because, I, you know, like you just said. We all put a front on. We to all extent. do it, mm. man. But especially at this time back then. And it got to the point where I was like trying to take everyone's problems on. People pulling me aside and telling me some, like having breakdowns in front of me. And like, and it's not that I didn't want to listen to it. It's just that I, I used to take it home with me, man. I'd get home and I'd, I wouldn't be able to sleep because I'm worried that someone's going to top themselves mm, and stuff. I mean, that's a huge burden for you to take on as well. Especially when I was that in my head. Yeah, I, yeah. I was also probably a weak point and I was like, I was I basically, I, I looking back now, I started that group up. To, to uh, That was like the rightly end of my road where I was still deflecting. Yeah. I was still taking everyone else's problems on and using that as a, as a, as a cloak. Mm. to mask my own problems mm. so that I was always busy and thinking about everyone else's stuff and mm. it, it it made me feel good but at the same time I weren't addressing my shit do you know what I mean and then that's when I've, I thought right I've got to step up I'll leave the, I left the group running it's still running to this day uh, and people still use it I set it up like seven years ago Amazing. yeah 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 uh, it's got over so I got an online group on Facebook it went from zero it's got like 5,000 members on it right. now so Brilliant. I'm really happy. Yeah, you should I, be really proud of that. I started that yeah. and I used it and it, it helped me. And then I just let it carry on and people use it and it's good. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then that's what pushed me on to then really go and get the, mm. the proper help that I needed, which was like you just said about understanding myself. Mm. And that's what I was lacking. I, weren't, I didn't know why I was getting hung up on certain things in my head and why I was letting it affect me in certain ways and why mm. I couldn't... Uh, digest it as such mentally you know and, I, and even i only went for a couple of few sessions for a couple of months like i mean you said you'd be going three years mm. what once a week once a month once a week mate that's madness does it help like obviously yeah, it mean, does you wouldn't keep going otherwise it's but 
I just sort of see it as part of like my ongoing development. That's what I'm saying. Is it like an ongoing process? Well, do you feel like you'll ever reach a point with the therapy that you'll go, you know what? I don't need this. No, now. because I think it's um, there's always something to. It's an evolve. You are an yeah, evolving person, hundred yeah. percent. And there's always new challenges in life. Yeah, there's always something to talk about. Yeah, you know what? There's we're. Couldn't, life. You do, couldn't you do that with your mate down the pub though? No, it's not the same. Nah. Firstly, because the mate that yeah, you could you could obviously have. Some, obviously, you'd have to pick. I'm not saying just any old dick, yeah. but like I'm, I'm saying, like, could you not do that with someone no, else? I think it's really different. Yeah, uh, because I think you could obviously um, unload some to the to your friend, but where where do you start and where do you stop with that? And like you know, the friend's not going to want to be your therapist forever. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you're paying. You're, at the end of the day, you're paying that therapist to do their job. Hundred percent. And and also they're qualified to do it as well. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's, yeah, the yeah. that's the thing. And it's you know for me, it's kind of like what's the point of? And this is why you know I am really passionate about people getting the right support for their mental health and how important it is. Yeah. And I think it's massively. It's still a. There's still a stigma Massive. around it. There's still a. Huge. There's still a, a taboo because people don't value it. You know, I. I you know. I don't know that many people who who have therapy and continually have therapy and because it's not valued yeah. people don't value their mental health it's that in and this and this will change because it has changed so far in the last 10 years yeah. but why isn't mental health seen the same on the same level as physical health people go to the gym and, and look and, after and look after and spend plastic ham- surgery what, what what is a gym subscription at the moment 30 quid what a week a month well, you can get some ones in, you know, like the Virgin gyms are like oh, oh are like, nice one, yeah, they're yeah. like a hundred quid, maybe I'm even talking, more. I'm basic, like yeah. I'm... But it, but if you go to classes and stuff, you, oh, you yeah. know, you, you probably spend a hundred pounds. Well, why not spend that amount of money on your mental health as well? Yeah, um, because for me, they're both equally important. Yeah, and life is a an emotional kind of roller coaster. Oh yeah, yeah. And for me, we all need support. Yeah, we all need. And, you know, you talked about, yeah, of course, friends and, and family to confide in are, are super important, but I don't think that they can replace the, the completely non-judgmental... On the fence, uh, non-biased thing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And yeah. also... And some people I find that are close to you are actually, like, secretly toxic as well. I think sometimes, not saying I don't know close circle, but I know mm-hmm. that... You know, my experience mm. and a lot of others I've spoke to is, mm. is sometimes the people that I'm not saying that it's, it's always comes from a place of love in their eyes mm. you know, when they say certain things to you, but really it's it's damaging to you. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You're around them sorts of people that bring you down, and you probably shouldn't be around. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I, I'm again, I'm I'm a huge sort of advocate, and you know, th- there's that phrase from from Jim Rohn which says. You're the you're, you're the, the average of the five, five people, people you spend most of your exactly, time, and which is the best thing ever, and it's so true. Yeah. And I I have a real thing about positive energy and negative yeah, energy, yeah. and people that essentially energize you, and then people that drain you. Hundred percent, and what and, and the sort of stuff that you feed into your mind. And yeah, that stuff. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that, yeah, and that's, I'm with you on that. Uh, yeah. You know, that's why I don't read the news. I don't don't, don't look at the news. I don't. It's I just, don't watch it. Yeah, it's just read newspapers. It's just all bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just there's a negative. I don't think I've read a main agenda. like a, a tabloid newspaper properly for about fifteen years, probably longer than that, because mm. I can't stand the shit. Because it's it's again that's that's it's a way you know it's a way of protecting our own mental health. Yeah, it's not reading the bullshit, in, the incessant crap. 
negativity essentially yeah. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. now with with the how pervasive the news is in terms of 24 hour rolling news obviously news websites yeah it's constant it's there all the time and they were bulletins because, breaking news and bulletins. Because, because everything is news because they need to con- continually make up content yeah because yeah. they have a space to fill that's it's the diff- biggest platform there is isn't it mm. so it's, it's different to like old school when you just had a newspaper yeah because they are doing have to fill the news once a day yeah but now they have to fill 24 hours of news 360 days a week across 10 different platforms yeah, exactly. and 50 different channels so that's why it's like everything is news yeah it's mental yeah. and like that you know it's not just headlines and like things that are going on in the world now like current affairs it is literally like you know boris johnson's gonna bought a sandwich from greg's yeah. bosh do you know what i mean it's like fuck me and they'll probably have a minute by minute on that as yeah, well <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i can't stand it mate i don't I, like i say i haven't read uh tabloid for many years um it used to drag me down I remember when I used to read it and I used to feel, I used to feel bad after reading it. Like, fuck me. Like, mm. you know, it's just a load of bollocks in there. I, can't, I, I don't have anything on my phone, like any mm. uh, updates from news. No, me neither. If, if it's on the telly, I'll turn it off actively. I, don't, I won't watch it. My missus tries to talk to me sometimes about what's going on in the world. Like, you know, and I'm like, oh, I didn't even know about that. And she's mm. like, it's on the news. I'm like, I don't fucking watch the fucking mm. news. You know what I mean? Because it makes me feel like shit. Yeah. Like, you know, it really does. And I think they do that for a reason. There's and a reason behind that. 100%. And also, I don't think it's a coincidence that, um, you know, levels of anxiety in people have gone Fucking up. Fucking is it not? No, mate, know, 100%. With social media and, and the news. Mate, um, everywhere you look, it's like death, death, death. Yeah, like, yeah. the end of the world the is coming end, and yeah, fucking yeah. all this bullshit. And it has... I mean, let's face it, it's been like that for years since, what... You know, remember the Millennium Bug? Yeah. In 2000, and they yeah. said that this fucking thing was going to come and wipe out fucking everything. And, do you know what I mean? That's what's just been going on for fucking years. Right. But now the internet's a thing. It's like it's like you said, it is in your face constantly. Like if you're on social media, which I am a lot of, and you, you're deaf scrolling, you get caught, and you're like, fucking hell, like, I've just been sat there for 20 minutes looking at bullshit. I know. And it is just crap a lot of the time. You know what I mean? What's, what's your opinion on social media? Damaging? Good thing? I don't use it that much myself. Yeah, I've, yeah, um, yeah. I, you know, a long while ago, I was on Twitter yeah. and used to use that for work. And that, you know, this was probably five, six years ago. And essentially, Twitter just became just a load of idiots. And, yeah. you know, I just couldn't, just didn't want it in my life. So I deleted that. Yeah. And same with Facebook to an extent. Yeah. And had that, didn't have that on my phone for a while um, for a few years but I, I think because of where I am in in you know trying to um you know grow a business and 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 build your being, brand being, build, build a brand and, and and in that entrepreneurial space social media in terms of that is really necessary yeah, yeah, and yeah. You know, for for our own business you know it is the our main marketing tool yeah. and you know we get a lot of um, benefit and a lot of clients from it yeah so it's absolutely necessary yeah it depends how you're using it is what it you're depends saying. on how you're using it and obviously there is a lot of i suppose abuse out there and a lot of people using again social a, there's media a lot of negativity the, out there lot. similar with why you yeah. don't 
engage with the news and why I don't engage with mainstream news is because of the neg- negativity on it all the time. And social media is full of it, mate. Mm. Especially, yeah, like, definitely. It's crazy. I, and I think uh, where I started to dislike it was probably around Brexit because yeah. it just oh. it just becomes so polarised and yeah. there's just so much... And people say uh, what well, uh, people say some ridiculous things online as well that they'd yeah. never ever say to someone's 100%. face, and, and that's was, what that's what pisses me off about it. Yeah, and I was just like, I don't need this in my life. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't need this amount of uh, negativity and it's bullshit. If, if, you know, whatever side of the fence you sat on, both were is fairly kind of polemic, and I just wasn't interested in in Engaging. probably even hearing both sides to an extent. Yeah, um, I, I was a bit like that. Know, Especially, you know, the, the the people that wanted Brexit, um, you know, because it just, a lot of that was just racist nonsense yeah. uh, as well. Um, it was just fueled by hate. Yeah, 100%. Propaganda. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't really, again, I didn't really care for it. You know what I mean? Like you said earlier, when you don't care for certain things, that was me on that. I just did. And the whole COVID thing, mate. Like, I didn't really care for any of it. Like, I worked through COVID. Mm. Like, I'd building company. People didn't mind me working in their gardens or part of their houses if they mm. didn't, if they weren't in that part of the house. I did. COVID really didn't affect me. I mean, again, with the media thing around COVID, I know it was obviously unprecedented and such a unique time. But that thing of, I knew people that, that you know, the first thing I'd say would be like, how many covid deaths we'd had that that day yeah it's like shut up what <laughs> like shut the fuck up mate. Is there like, not other things to talk about and yeah like, <laughs> people die every day you know but that's what used to get me as well it's like yeah. hang on a minute like oh well these people die i'm like what about all the other people that have died from this and that and mm. this and that and this and that and the fucking genocide that goes off across the world mm. people get murdered mm. by armies of people mm by governments and you don't even bat a fucking eyelid and then all of a sudden now that we can't go out of our house you give a shit mm. do you get me that's mm. what annoyed me about it and mm. not you know i don't really read the news but i know what's gone on over the mm. years and shit like that and that's what used to annoy me about people and their opinions on mm. covid there's like oh no these people are dying i'm like hang on a minute you don't really give a fuck about those people that are dying you're just pissed off that you can't go to tesco's <laughs> do you know what i mean and that's what it was that's what i feel mm. because no one really gives a fuck when there's real problems going on out there in the world and people mm. are getting you know little kids are getting fucking murdered in in wars and shit like that and do you really care about covid deaths mm. i don't think so mm. but you just care that it's affected day-to-day mm. routine possibly mate there's no i don't i don't think there's any possible about it do you know what i mean i just people don't really give a fuck about what's going on across the world it's affecting their day-to-day routine mate mm. they can't go down to fucking jen's cafe and have a latte and talk about everyone else's family with their shit shit cunt friends mm. do you know what i mean and that, yeah. that, that, that's real. that's my opinion mm. anyway do you know what i mean did you get covid did you have covid i i had it yeah i mean i had it quite late I, actually yeah i had it really late actually i i think i only got it last year did you mm. i was quite lucky in that way yeah yeah um, see i was the same i, I didn't get it at all. Mm. right so I, I did i had a positive test but this was like last year and i was like i had a cold for days my missus was like i'll do a test mm. i was like all right then mm. positive <laughs> but the next day it was negative so i was like well oh really yeah, so I was just like, well, did I have it? Is it just, not, just I, I, mm. my belief in that whole shit was just, I won't go into it too much because mm. I'm, I'm a little bit of a conspiracist sometimes. Mm. And I, I do believe that there was a bit of an ulterior motive behind it all, but that's probably another fucking podcast altogether. <laughs> to be honest. I mean, it was, so, it was such a weird time, wasn't it? Um, it was, yeah. And 
I mean, like, you know, I, there was elements of it I enjoyed, enjoyed though. I, I, you know, I had such a, I don't know about you, but, you know, I had such a kind of strong routine in that time that I think I was probably the fittest I'd ever been. Really? There was nothing else to do. So I was just like, you know, oh, I'm doing this. Hitting, hitting the, the, well, not the gym working necessarily, out. but yeah, working out at home on, and running and stuff. For me, it was my daughter. She don't. She got born like she was about six months old when they locked us down. So for me, it was like, right, you're at home now because I was, I was out. Well, we were still working. Like I said, it didn't really affect my day to day that much. Mm. Um, whereby I was still going out to site check, and the lads were still doing they could do with the materials that we had available. But then I'd go home. Whereas before, I'd go out and look at jobs and do this, that, and the other, meet people, whatever. I was at home like loads more. And it enabled like, to build a really good relationship with my daughter that had just been born. So for me, it was brilliant. Like, it forced me to be at home a lot more, which enabled me to build that relationship with my daughter. Whereas I probably wouldn't have been able to do that if it was just normal times and I was out of work doing this sort of stuff 24-7. You know what I mean? Mm. So it was good for me, mm. personally. Mm. Can't really speak to it. You know, I know it affected other people. I'm not saying it was a totally fake thing. Mm. When I say I'm a conspiracist about it, I do believe it was a real thing. Mm. Um, but I do think it was um, engineered, put it that way. I mean, I think a lot of people were grateful. They, they you know, people had gratitude for what time, the time, and I think it it, gave it slowed a, it slowed everyone down. Exactly, didn't it? I think it gave a lot of people perspective. Yeah, and it was kind of, you know, we are we were kind of talking about it offline earlier about how you know there is a tendency, especially amongst us entrepreneurs and business people just to be constantly busy yeah yeah and uh that was slightly more difficult in yeah. you know in covid and and the world is has a especially you know i live in london it has a certain pace to it oh mate it's like a rat race and there's always something going on um and everyone's you know diaries are packed and stuff and that um that definitely changed and slowed down and i think people got a new perspective um, perspective um during covid yeah 100 percent. it allowed me like i said it allowed me to slow down forced me to and i think it did that for a lot of people give yourself some headspace yeah you know you've got to sit at home for 12 hours or mm. most of the day today because you can't do anything else mm. you're forced to sit there and think and i think it's you know people calling it a, a reset and a world a global reset and i think it's interesting and i, and I still it's going to be fascinating to see how it pans out over the next few years yeah, because yeah. so much behavioral change has come f from it yeah people have changed like, yeah. like the attitude of people have changed since covid when they were giving out all them grants to people like i noticed it from a lower end of the scale from like uh the guys that i had working for me mm. and they'd all be like taking these handouts well hey, i've got fucking five grand i ain't got to work for two months and i was like what why would you not just like stick that five grand in the bank or do something with that five grand? Carry on fucking working. Yeah. You know? Why are you just gonna have now two months off, spank that five grand, and you're no further ahead than you were when you Crazy. got mate, and that's what people are like, man. Mm. That's what general populations are mm. like, mate. And that's another one of my, you know, a sort of passion stroke bugbears is financial illiteracy in this country yeah. and how, you know, because obviously essentially i'm now all about investing and, and you know in that sort of sphere of of thinking about investing all the time and speaking to people about investing all the time and that is a certain way of thinking yeah and that is a very much a minority way of thinking yeah um in in the country and you know your example there is just 
completely baffling. Mate, and that's honestly that's what they were like. And I could probably say that ninety percent of the workforce at the time were like that. Like that I had and at that time I think I had about twenty five blokes, twenty blokes. Mm. Pretty much every single one of them was rubbing their hands together, couldn't wait to get the grant through. And they would get I think some of them got like seven, eight grand and they had like three payments of two and a half grand, one a month for three months. And they were like, Fucking hell, I ain't got to work for six months and I'm like, What? Where the fuck's that mentality? What what does that even fucking mean? Mm. Why you wouldn't mean? you? Why wouldn't you? What do, do you something mean you haven't that? got to work for six months just because you've got seven thousand mm. pounds? Well, I live with my dad, don't I? I pay half the rent. He pays half of it. I'm like, hey, do you know what I mean? Like, why have you? Why are you now going to have two months off work, or, or even thinking about having a month off work just because you got a few grand in the bank? It's short term thinking, isn't it? Oh, mate, and that's that's the thing. I mean, and like we were talking earlier, that was one of the things. One of the reasons why I chose to get into property and really like do this sort of stuff and uh, you know open the entrepreneur in me because I was sick of hanging around those sorts of people mm. and like where I had I was in the business on the business like we spoke mm. about earlier it was dragging me down to the point where it was like almost dumbing me down do you know what I mean like dealing with these sorts of people all the time and that sort of mentality and it used to frustrate me so mm. much. And like, just because I couldn't understand it, mm. I couldn't understand their way of thinking because it, it wasn't like mine. I could understand it. I'm like, mm. that's just dumb, though. Mm. Like, there's no logic. Like you just said, where's the logic in that? There ain't any. It's just like, hey, I got fucking free grand. Let's fucking have it. Hey. What happens at the end of the month when you that you, you, your boss don't want you back and you spent the free grand? Mm. You got to go and find another job somewhere else. You've just wasted a month of your life and five grand. But that's what I mean. It's that's what I don't understand why sort of financial literacy around you know personal finance around investing having a long-term uh, mindset and thinking about the what's going to happen future. to me in six months 12 months time well like, I'm, th- I'm but i'm thinking even longer than yeah, that. i know but these people don't mm. and, and I'll, I'll be honest with you yeah it's only like as much as i've always had self-belief in myself and that i knew that i could be successful if i really really tried there was a period in my life where i was on you know i was on drugs and i was doing all this that and the other i was depressed I genuinely couldn't plan further than, like, you know, a fucking day in my life. Mm. If someone said to me, oh, do you want to do this next year? I'd go, fuck off, mate. I might be dead in six months. And that was genuinely my way of thinking. Mm. Do you think that's what it is then? Do you think it's yes. because, you know, and is it a sort of middle class, upper yeah. middle class thing of thinking, well, we have the 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 benefit to be able to think long term. And yeah. then, obviously, if you're not as, I suppose, comfortable. Yeah. Then you, you, as you said, you're you're more short term in your maybe, thinking. Maybe, but I, maybe, and there's the exception of people that because I weren't comfortable. You know, I've always had forward thinking. It was only when I stopped doing the drugs and allowed myself to mm. have a clear head that I really went, yeah, of course I can plan for five years time. I'm mm. gonna be alive. I'm not mm. depressed anymore. Mm. It was the depression that was yeah, making me say yeah, that. Yeah, okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, I always knew that I could go out and be successful if I really fucking tried to. You know, and worked harder. I worked hard doing the right things. You get me, but that's belief, isn't it? Yeah, that like, is belief. And, and then obviously, you know, some of the people you may have been describing, it they probably they didn't have that. Belief. Yeah, yeah, they did not have that because they were never told they could. You know, what I mean, they were the typical, like, go to school, go to college, do carpentry, try and get a car. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. and that they they. And I'll say this to most people that I'm in this scenario with, and I'm like, look, the e- the world's an ecosystem. And in this ecosystem, we need worker bees. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah? And there's, if everyone aspired to be a successful Richard Branson businessman, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a very fun world to live in. Do you know what I mean? We, 
we all need people that are happy just getting a job and getting a career, working their way up the corporate ladder in a company, earning a good wage and doing that job. Or maybe not doing that and just going to work at Tesco's. Mm. We need those sorts of... Mm. We're all quick to moan and say when things are getting fucking... You know, you're getting robots doing humans' jobs. We're all quick to moan about that. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Mm. As a society. And then there's the other side to that coin as well, isn't there? No, you're right. We, we, yeah, of course, the the economy wouldn't work with you know without Everybody, people you know people doing work and doing people doing manual work, normal and, jobs, and, and, yeah, and, and average nine to five jobs. Yeah. So it's all good to sit here and go, you know, anyone can do this, anyone can have mindset changes, and anyone can achieve anything they want. But is that is that a truth? Honestly, I think it is true. Do you really? I think anyone can do. Honestly, whatever. do you think that? Seriously, like, ask yourself that. Do Can I, anyone do anything they want? I would say that anyone can do anything they they want if they put their mind to it and have the right. Um, there's yeah, a lot of there's, there's probably, a lot of contributing. There's, there's a lot of caveats to what I'm saying. It, that's what I'm saying. So in in essence, what you're saying is false. No, no, no. Because essentially, if if I'm not saying that. Um, there's got to be, there will have to be some limitations to that. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like someone can say, yeah, I want to be the <laughs> next president of the U- of the United States. And you're English. And you're yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, there will be some, you know, yeah. there will be, it will be relative. Yeah, I get that. It's got to be relative. But then, like, it's, yeah, I guess, because I've met a lot of people over the years and, you know, in this arena, this, you know, through training. And I've genuinely met people and I've gone, I've walked away from talking to them for an hour and I've thought, they've just wasted their money. They're never going to do nothing. Mm. Maybe that's me being a bit judgy, but I kind of feel like you've got to be a certain way to get mm. to get where you want to be in life. You know, I don't think, rarely do you just float along and really achieve success. I, I know people got different no, measures but of that's success. That's what I'm saying, though, but that's because those people that you're talking about don't actually have the belief, the, the belief that they can do and it. the drive, which is mainly around the drive probably comes on the belief yeah. that they can actually do it. Yeah. So that's the difference for me. Yeah, yeah, I think you're it's, right. It, uh, you know, and I hate to sound cliche, but I think it is It is around that kind of mindset. Yeah. Um, around do they believe it and have, do they see, it's like self-worth as well. Do yeah, they yeah. see them, themselves worthy of that worth, success? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And can they see themselves there? Um, with it's it? like, it's, have you ever heard that quote by Henry Ford? It's like, if you believe you can or can't then probably right yeah and that i believe that's so so true like if you genuinely believe that you can't then you can't but i think if you believe you can then you'll find a way you know but i do also believe that there is probably the exception to that where you are victim of circumstance perhaps and it's going to be harder for you to achieve certain things and be someone else trying to do it do you know what i'm saying like if you're if you're a down and out on the street drug addict you've got nowhere to live no money and all that stuff, the chances are you're, the odds are going to be stacked more against that person than someone who's in a, you know, home, who's got a job, and who just wants to find the next best thing for them in their life. Do you know what I mean? There's differences there, aren't there? I do, but there is still, there's still a, an element of people, you know, and there is stories of people turning their lives around in even those, yeah, of course there is. you know, ridiculous circumstances. Yeah, 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 it's there, possible. There's a, there's a speaker, and I can't remember his name, but I saw him speak and speak at a big business event last year insane story his mum was i can't remember how old he was he was about eight she was what she was the first victim of the yorkshire ripper really and and then obviously that 
and it was him. I think, yeah, she didn't have a, the, the dad wasn't around. So that he basically um got uh, fostered, yeah. him and his sister, and then obviously went through the, this system and then had, I think he worked in like factories and stuff like that, ended up going to prison at one point because yeah, yeah. I think he was dealing on the side to yeah. earn some extra money. Yeah. And then came out of prison after a couple of years and I think eventually his sister ended up killing him herself really? because of all of this all the stuff that Mad going on in their life and then he is now runs a essentially a, a training company and a personal development company is a sort of renowned speaker oh, right um and he was obviously on this state of thousand person event yeah, yeah and he yeah. was amazing and really? he was one of the you know I, I spoke to a lot of people after and he was everyone's highlight because he was such a good speaker yeah but obviously a ridiculous story to come from and yeah, yeah. you know that is the extreme end of what can happen to people yeah, and the circumstances yeah, yeah. that they can grow up it's in like, fucking if he can do that then. exactly and that's what his whole story is and i think his company's called something like i don't know believe or something around belief because that and that's whole his whole mantra yeah and philosophy is if believe. he can if he can come through that as I say, which is the very much the extreme end of of the circumstances, the worst, yeah, the pits. <laughs> then anyone can, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I get you. So that, I mean, that's just uh, and yeah, I have to uh, find tell you who. Yeah, it do because I'm interested. You can put it in the show notes or whatever. But yeah, please do. Um, it, I think his name's Richard something. But um, yeah, he uh, in, like incredible story, inspiring. Just a re- inspiring story, but just one of those stories that you can't believe it's not from a film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably should be a film. Yeah. So what's next for you, Jez, in your, you know, journey? You're looking at doing next, you know, uh, what's, what's on the agenda for you moving forward? Well, continuing to uh, grow our business and, you know, looking to kind of uh, sort of double that this year. And we'll be you know, launching our own YouTube channel this year, which will be exciting. Nice. So that's sort of business-wise. So all of that's, you know, definitely going in the you know in the right direction, and you know, looking to build our sort of own um, portfolio, um, and and then me, I'm looking to, yeah, really start to do more creative things because that's something I've realised that I don't do a lot of, and obviously I, I talked earlier about how I had, you know, very much had a sort of entrepreneurial thread, and a lot of that is kind of creativity. You know, I am. Uh, in terms of the Myers Briggs or the other one, I can't remember the other personality tra- test. I am uh, a mechanic stroke creator, so I'm like half and half. Yeah. So I really like doing processes and and things like that, and and spreadsheets yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. But at the same time, I also really like creating things. Yeah. On the disc profile, I'm a high mm. D and a high I, and I is influence and yeah. that's creative, and I'm really high on that. Hence why I do this as well. Yeah. And like my other stuff. I'm all branding and stuff like that. I love my construction. I like it, mm. but I really lo- enjoy this. Mm. You know, like video editing, music, mm. software. And that's my enjoyment. Mm. You know, I don't. I enjoy digging a hole in a digger, <laughs> but it's. <laughs> do, you, do you get me? Like, I'm, it's not creative, is it? Not really. No, <laughs> no, it's mind numbing. So yeah, I, I'm looking to do more more things like that more projects like that and you know as i said earlier i'm looking to start my own podcast this year yeah, and yeah. It's, it's around telling the stories around business failure yeah there's 
there's a lot of um, podcasts out there and, and stuff around failure in general, but this is specifically to Businesses. entrepreneurial and business failure because it's basically the type of podcast I would want to listen to. That's the, that's where I'm coming from. As yeah, a sort yeah, of business yeah. owner and entrepreneur, yeah. it's telling those stories of people that have failed. But then gone on to... Potentially. But they might or not maybe have. even not have. But, but you know, it's yeah, essentially yeah. T- telling those stories of people that have tried business ideas and they might not have worked so it's delving deep into what hasn't why worked. didn't that work yeah, yeah which are loads of people i'd i'd find that really interesting to do and i and i don't think there's much i haven't found many podcasts out there that do that and no. tell that sort of story yeah. specifically around because it's, it's not i'm not there's loads of stuff around personal failure and, and and setbacks and stuff like that which is super interesting but that's not what i want to focus on in this podcast so yeah it's around business and failure and just helping to people to and new entrepreneurs, new business owners to show them that you may need to, as the expression goes, crack a few eggs before you make an omelet. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that setbacks okay, and it's kind of normal. Yeah, I want to. I want to normalize it a little bit. Yeah, um, man. So, yeah, that that's kind of what I'm looking to do, and I'm really um, excited about that, um, about starting that, and you know, the meeting people. I love having conversations like this and don't get to do it as often as I would like so it like at the moment. More, yeah. So that that's that's where I'm looking to go this year and it's kind of, you know, quite exciting and I can see I really enjoyed even starting to think about that and yeah, what yeah. and what it could look like. I get and, that. I get that. And you know, starting to think about the branding and starting yeah. to think about all of the spin offs that could that could come from it. Yeah. And just really getting, as I say, get my creative juices um flowing. So yeah, that's that's kind that's of my my plans, and yeah, I'm I'm also doing um, speaker course, uh, uh, five day speaker training yeah. course, which will obviously help with with podcasting. But um, again, the whole speaker side of things is something that I would want to to do, you know, in the future mm. and do more of. So that can very much sort of complements the the podcast idea. And yeah, I think ultimately one of you know one of the things that I want to do ultimately is is actually do more kind of coaching and 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 mentoring um yeah. of of not not specifically around property but more around sort of the business um end of yeah. things and again, I think you know meeting people through the podcast and learning their stories would will, will help with that at the moment um because yeah, I'm currently uh a property mentor at progressive property actually and oh um, yeah Didn't know and that. that's been uh i've only it's only it's been quite a new thing it's been three months now oh has it and and i'm really enjoying that that process i, I you know i really like helping people and, and supporting them and and holding them to account really and, and really pushing them and, and getting them outside their comfort zone and, and challenging them yeah, 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 and yeah, it's definitely something I would look, want to do more of in the future. So, what are you, what are you, um, what are you training in? What are you mentoring them in? I'm just one of the general mentors on the academy. Okay, uh, on their property academy, and uh, but a lot of people do come to me who are looking at either sort of sourcing, yeah, or um, service accommodation. Cool. So how can people connect with you and find out about your mentor? I didn't even know you'd done that. So if people wanted to 
look into a bit more how they can connect with you online. Yeah, I'm um, at Jeswood on Instagram and, and LinkedIn and Facebook. So do connect with me there. And yeah, look out for details of my podcast, which will be coming uh, in the future. And if you want to follow um, my property business as well, it's just at coveproperties.com or at coveproperties on Insta and um, all the other channels. And that's K-O-V-E. I was going to say that's Cove with a K in it. Yes, it is. Nice. It's different. Nice one, mate. All right. Well, I'm um, going to wrap it up there. It's been good chatting to you, mate, and getting to it's know pleasure. you. Um, thank you so much for coming down. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been great. Hope you've enjoyed it. And I look forward to hopefully being a guest on your podcast because I've certainly made a few failures. I'll probably uh, <laughs> Let's do it. share with people. Have you got a name for your podcast yet? I'm thinking about the working title is Thriving in Failure. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I like that. I've got some other ideas. I'm just, uh, I'll probably put it out to a vote in the end and get some more opinions, but that's my working title. Yeah, I like that. Nice. I look forward to uh, listening to Thriving in Failure then, mate. Well, good luck with it anyway, Thank mate. Thank you. And everything else you're doing. Uh, Jez Wood, everyone. So thanks for coming in, Jez. And um, good luck with everything you're doing in the future, mate. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Cheers, mate. Thank you. The T-Hearts. Proudly brought to you by eGrowth Media.